Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey everyone, I'm not feeling great today. I feel like I haven't been feeling that great for a couple episodes, which is not good. I don't want to bring that energy to the podcast, but I decided I would use my handheld mic and lay down. <laughs> And maybe that would help. I just didn't sleep well last night. And it, when I don't sleep well, I feel like shit. My It was thundering and lightning last night. So my fucking dog was up constantly barking, which had me up. But here we are. How are you? Um, there's not really any teen mom news this week. Kale is... Oh, Kale's fighting with her friend Mark. Do you remember her friend Mark? She's been friends with him since 16 and pregnant. If not 16 and pregnant, the teen mom, like since the first season of Teen Mom 2. Um, they got into a fight over, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't listen to her podcast to hear her explanation of it or watch his live to hear his explanation of it because can't I, because, right? Like I only listen to Kale's podcast If I feel like I absolutely have to, like if I feel like something crazy is happening, I feel like I've tuned in to listen to Leah on there a couple of times. But in general, I stay away from Kale's podcasts and just like we'll read recaps of it. Um, And like I don't need to watch the YouTube live or YouTube Instagram live of a side character doesn't even feel like the word. (laughs) A friend that comes up every once in a while. But Mark and Kale had a falling out, which is sad in a way because Kale, as we know, like has fallen out with most of her long-term friends. It doesn't seem like a situation usually where she just grows apart from them. She has full-blown falling outs. It was over money and a vacation they were supposed to take for Mark's birthday in um, Ocean City, Maryland, which is not a place that I like to go. I've been to Ocean City, Maryland once in my life for senior week after I graduated from high school. It was a fucking mess. Hi, Katie. Shout out to (laughs) shout out to my dear friend KP who listens to this podcast, who is in my senior week house with me and we got into a fight during it because KP and I used to fight all of the time and then Katie would forget that she was mad at me when she was drunk and I could always get her to forgive me like I remember she (laughs) we like drove past she was walking on the street I don't know if you remember this Katie but we had like gotten to a fight the night before probably and it was the next day and we were driving in a car and she was walking down the street and I like waved at her out the window and she like waved back but then like put her hand down really quick and I was like oh that bitch forgot she was mad at me and then we were able to make up. That's how we used to, <laughs> we would fight. We would make up. Um, but Ocean City, Maryland is a shithole, not a place I would like to go. If I was going to that area of beaches, I would stick to Delaware. The beaches in Delaware are much nicer. Rehoboth Beach, Bethany Beach. Um, what Fenway Island, I think, is the name of the other one down there. There's no need to go all the way to Ocean City, Maryland. There's just, you know, it's just not my vibe personally. Um but the Delaware beaches are nice. They're low key. I just don't really go to them. I feel like you either go to the Delaware beaches or you go to the shore. You go to New Jersey. Like if you're from my area, most people go to the shore. But there are some people I know that go to the Delaware beaches. Like my ex-boyfriend's family has a house in, I think, in Rehoboth now. They're Delaware people. 
Um, but Kale lives in Dover, Delaware. So those are her beaches. And she was supposed to go. It's very confusing. She's supposed to go for the whole week, but then backed out and then was supposed to go for a day and then backed out. And she got on her podcast and essentially made it seem like she had to say no because it would have cost $4,000 for her to bring all of her kids and then like a nanny with her to go to Ocean City, Maryland. And she didn't want to do that because like for that price, they could go to the Dominican Republic. And to that, I say fair enough. Um, I Excluding the, what really happened. It is believable to me that it could cost $4,000 for Kale to go to Ocean City, Maryland for a week. I know houses where I go to the shore rent from between 3000 for a very small house up to like $10,000 a week for a big house. Um, your average rental is probably five to $6,000 a week. It's so fucking expensive. It's so expensive. It's just gotten way more expensive in the last like 10 to 15 years. And it didn't used to be that crazy. But like during the summer to rent that and obviously if Kale's bringing all three kids or excuse me, all four kids and a nanny, like they can't stay in the same house as the rest of the group. That's like they're partying for somebody's birthday. So I'm listening. I figure like, oh, well, maybe she just like backed out because she realized how much it was going to cost and it just wasn't worth it to her because I wouldn't pay $4,000 to rent a house house in Ocean City, Maryland. No, I'd rather go spend four nights at the Breakers in Palm Beach in the height of season. You know what I mean? And still have a ton of money left over. Like, I'd rather go spend $700 a night on a hotel room somewhere. doesn't make sense to me to do it in Ocean City, Maryland. But that's what she claimed on her podcast. Of course, Mark is like, she was lying. Um, she, they, she had backed out for the week. They were fine with it. Then she backed out for the day that she was supposed to come because... They were going to go fishing, but then change their mind and decide to go to the beach. And Kale's like, well, my boys have already gotten their hopes up to go fishing, so we can't come now, (laughs) which is very Kale, right? And so they had a fight about it. Kale blocked Mark, I guess, because that's what she does. That's interesting to me. Do you guys block people, like real life people? I'm not talking about on the internet because like I (laughs) actually on Twitter, my favorite move is to mute someone to not give them the satisfaction of couching the block, but I never have to see anything that they say. So it's not, I don't really like to block people on the internet either. It's not my favorite move, but like for people I know in real life, like, I don't know if I've ever blocked somebody's phone number from calling me. I guess it's just because I'm a low-key person, and by the time I got sober, I only had a iPhone for, like, two years at that point. So, they're, like, at the height of my, like, toxicity and drama-filled life, like, you couldn't block people on your phone. You'd have to call, couldn't you call up back in the day and, like, get somebody's name, like, phone number blocked from calling you? Remember that lyric in Bugaboo by Destiny's Child? Um, call MCC and have them block your number. I, I can't think of it. I can only think of call AOL and have my email stop because you're a bugaboo. You're bugging what? Okay, I'm not going to do that. But um, blocking was just like not a thing that I did. And I can't 
imagine having like a fight with a friend now and blocking their phone number. It feels very dramatic. I also honestly can't really imagine having a fight with a friend at this point in my life um, beyond like maybe a disagreement. And even a disagreement seems difficult. I mean, it would happen. Of course, it can happen. I just can't imagine having like an actual fight with a friend that I would need to block their phone number from ever calling me. But I guess that's like Kale's go-to move. I think if you are 30, which Kale is, maybe she's 29. But if you're rounding the corner on 30 years old and you are regularly having fights with people that result in you blocking them on your phone, like that's a you problem. (laughs) So I guess Mark was like willing to forgive her and then he she blocked him and then he talked about I guess people noticed they weren't following each other on Instagram anymore. I don't know how people notice this. Then they noticed that or not noticed. Then she talked about it on her podcast. And so he was mad that she talked about on her podcast and told a lie, which is what Kale does. And so he went to clear his name. This is like very boring drama. But it's interesting to see Kale is really like, at least on Reddit, I would imagine on Twitter and Instagram as well. But on Reddit, like the place that I see the team mom fandom the most, I have no idea what happens on Facebook, but I'm sure it is there too. The hate for Kale has been like off the charts lately. I'm not saying it's not deserved because Kale is not a good person. (laughs) Kale is not a good person. Uh, The hate, it's whatever, right? Like she's the focus of the scorn lately, which... It's not undeserved. It's a lot, but it's not necessarily undeserved. But they're all going so hard to support Mark. And they're like, he is an incredible friend. He is so amazing. How could she ever want to lose him as a friend? It's like, first of all, you don't know these people. Second of all, like this guy was willing to be friends with Kale for the last 10 plus years. Like, I don't know. To me, that says something like if you're willing to be friends with someone for a long time and they're as bad of a person as Kale is like, then I judge you. You know, I judge you. I don't really consider you to have the best judge of character and that reflects poorly on the rest of you. So that's like the big drama. Oh, my God. Cheyenne posted a picture of baby Ace. You guys should go look on her Instagram. Cheyenne makes the most beautiful children in the franchise. That baby is a fucking doll. It is. It is. He is so, so, so cute. Ugh. And they did those, you know, those like classic newborn pictures where the baby's like laying in a basket like it's Moses. Look, I love them. They're so cute. <laughs> like those. there's a reason everybody does those pictures, right? Because they're cute as hell. This baby is like a little cherub. He's so cute. So welcome to the world, baby Ace. And I think that's all that's going on in Teen Mom world outside of like the show. The show this week was okay. I would like to give Jade props for carrying this fucking show on her back. Jade is bringing it. It's um disappointing how much like of a non-factor Ashley has been. I was really hoping that Ashley was going to come on and get in a lot more fights with Shen. I think Shen missing from Ashley's storyline is really a bummer. Um, I think that well, I mean, hopefully they were filming when Barr got arrested. I still have no idea what's going on with that. Right with like the Barr getting arrested for shooting off a gun when he wasn't supposed to. I don't know what's happening with that. Um, Ashley and Barr are together right now. So 
obviously she's not that mad about it but I don't like I don't like what they're bringing us on TV this season I think that it would be a lot more fun if Shen popped up the thing with Jade is like it's not just Jade's parents because Jade's parents are awful right Sean is awful Jade is awful (laughs) like everybody in her storyline is so awful that it really doesn't matter like if one of the main players isn't there like there's still going to be drama going on because Jade herself brings it I think the thing is like Ashley uh, at least on the show does a good job of making herself be pretty drama free if you will um I think off the show and online, she's kind of a different person. You guys know I have like a real, real trouble getting a read on Ashley. She really confuses me like that. Her like screaming on Kale's Instagram story last week about how she wanted to beat up Brianna. It's like, okay, (laughs) I get like it's just so different from the Ashley that's on the show. So I feel like I can't truly get a read on Ashley, Um, but she's not bringing it like there's nothing going on in her segments and I don't fucking care about her engagement party if I have to hear them talk about her engagement party one more time and make it act first of all like engagement parties aren't really a thing like they are a thing right like I think that planning and throwing your own engagement party is kind of weird I don't know maybe that's not true I don't want to just like be stuck in old-fashioned customs and traditions and I know that I can be very snobby with stuff like this like I am aware when it comes to things like functions um I can be really snobby about the way that people host them and I was always kind of under the impression that an engagement party is something that is like thrown for you I guess it's like a birthday party though like theoretically you aren't supposed to plan your own birthday party but like i I like to plan my own birthday stuff. So I think it's, I think in this day and age where people plan their own weddings for the most part, right? Like when people throw their own weddings and most couples pay for their own weddings, it's kind of weird to also throw yourself an engagement party. It's kind of weird. So like, in my opinion, the engagement party should be like what your family is throwing you. Like one of my friend's her parents threw her a big engagement party a couple years ago and she but she's like totally in charge of planning her own wedding and hosting her own wedding so it made sense I I just like Ashley going on and on about how she has to plan her engagement party I'm like do you (laughs) do do you have to do that although here's the other side um Ashley and Barr are probably never gonna have a wedding they're never gonna get married so like yeah, maybe they should have a big engagement party because that's going to be their big relationship celebration. I don't see a wedding ever really coming from Ashley and Barr. I mean, I hope Ashley has enough sense in her head to never marry that guy. I get that she loves him. I get that they're best friends. I get that she's never going to let another man but Barr make a fool of her. <laughs> I'll never be over that scene. I'll never be over it. She sounded so stupid. It was so funny. But listening to Ashley like go on and on about this engagement party they need. I'm like, I don't think you really need that. In this episode, um, she just des- they decide that they're not going to have an engagement party, at least not now, for Corona reasons, which makes total sense to me. I looked up um well, 
Okay, so in this episode, they're celebrating Addie's birthday party in Leah's segment, and that was in February. So I don't know exactly where they are in everybody else's timeline, but I'm assuming pre-March, like right? Pre-vaccine being widely available would be my guess. And Ashley basically being like, well, I don't want to pay for all this stuff and have the governor put another lockdown in place, which makes total sense. She's like, it's not really safe. I don't want to have a party if we have to wear masks. I totally agree with that. That makes total sense. Um, Does it make total sense for Ashley, who seemingly has been throwing multiple parties throughout the year? Not necessarily. And I think that um, Pastor T really uh, accidentally calls her out on this because she calls up T to FaceTime her and is like, yeah, we're not going to have this party. We can't have it. And T goes, why? What's the holdup? And Ashley goes, um, thousands of people dying. And you can tell Pastor T is like, okay. Like, I, I don't think that COVID's been like a huge factor in the way that Ashley lived her life just based on her social media presence. So uh, hearing her say that, I think probably it's more about the fact that like the uncertainty and like paying for stuff that you don't know, which I totally understand. I mean, now that like I have a friend getting married over uh, Labor Day weekend and when she put down the deposit for it last year, I was like, I cannot believe anybody's putting down a deposit for anything in the next two years when it's everything just seems so uncertain. And now it's going to get to be a great wedding. I'm really excited for it. I actually bought Um, some dresses this week to see what I want to wear. I was bored at work. (laughs) I was quite bored at work, so I did some online shopping. Um, Don't tell my bosses. Like, they they fucking know what I'm doing. (laughs) They know. They know how much work they give me, and they know how much time I sit at my desk. So, Ashley, where was I? Oh, so, like, I get not wanting to have like to be planning a big event that you don't know if it like legally can happen. That makes sense to me. But like, once again, I'm just like, am I supposed to feel bad for her that she can't have an engagement party? There goes Cookie. Little Cookie who kept me up all fucking night long. Usually her barking at night doesn't bother me, but um, I think I fell asleep last night to ASMR. And so the YouTube video turned off. Usually I fall asleep with like loud ass law and order on my TV and it just plays all night long. So when I fall asleep to ASMR, it's very quiet and that wakes me up. Yeah. ASMR is so fucking creepy. I've talked about this before, but it's, it is humiliating to like ASMR. (laughs) I am a serial killer. I like sit around and fantasize about when I can like get into my bed and watch someone get their hair brushed. Like that is so fucking weird. It's disgusting, honestly. (laughs) It's really fucking gross. It's not well. Okay, so Ashley and Bart decide that they want to go to Napa for wine tasting for their engage to celebrate their engagement anyway. To that I say, what? You what? Because here's the whole thing. They can't go to Napa unless Bar gets his ankle monitor off. Now I'm still a little confused about what this ankle monitor does. I'm pretty sure it's for alcohol and it's not monitoring monitoring where he goes. I don't think it's like uh, house arrest based because they haven't mentioned that at all. Like he doesn't seem restricted in any way on that ankle monitor. They even did that weekend away. And like the episode where they got engaged was that the first one of the season. So 
I assume that they are saying like he can't go because he won't be able to drink because you can't drink when you're on this alcohol monitor. Now, here's my question. If your boyfriend, excuse me, fiance has had such severe alcohol problems that he now has to wear an ankle monitoring bracelet after a DUI. And I'm kind of guessing this is not his first DUI because he seems to be like he's going to lose his license. Well, he said for a minute, but at one point Ashley says he could lose his license forever. So I'm guessing this is probably not his first DUI, I'm thinking. Um... So if you have a boyfriend that has alcohol issues, which we know Barr does because on social media, Ashley has called Barr an alcoholic repeatedly. I will never unsee that video of him passed out on the ground, um, like laying around trash. And he, it's not good. He has major alcohol problems, right? Like, and they keep saying that him being on this monitor is actually like one of the best things that's ever happened to him. Like this, the whole theme of this episode is how much bars changed, how like this monitor was a really good thing for him because he needed to like hit that wall to like get some stuff in order in his life. And like he needed that level of supervision, which I think is like a really great insight. I totally agree with it. It's how I feel about like the fact that in the end, I'm like glad that I did heroin because it like got me sober from everything, which I don't think would have happened if I like didn't get into opiates. Um, So I, I understand what he's saying, right? Like he essentially hit a rock bottom and the consequences from that rock bottom, rock bottom is a whole other thing, but he, he did something bad and the consequences are actually like having a positive effect on him, which is really great. So why would you plan a drinking weekend? Like, why, why is that your plan? Bar shouldn't be drinking, clearly, right? Clearly. And I get it. It's not Ashley's job to start, to stop Bar from drinking. Like, she can't stop him from doing anything. Bar is a grown adult. He gets to make his own decisions. All she can do is decide if it's worth it to her or not to be with him. But, like, she also doesn't need to plan drinking weekends away with him. I just, I don't understand this whole time they're talking about like, oh, I hope I get this monitor off so we can go wine tasting because if he doesn't get it off, he won't be able to drink and like that's no fun. And it's like, did MTV like require that they go wine tasting? Is that why they're like MTV set some shit up and so this is the trip that they have to take? I don't get it. I don't get why that would be your choice. Bar shouldn't be drinking clearly. Clearly, Barr cannot handle his alcohol. So why Ashley is like encouraging it really makes no sense to me. Because if anything, it seems like Ashley is the one that has to deal with the consequences of Barr drinking more than anyone except Barr himself, right? Like they get into physical fights when he's drinking. I think when he got arrested for that DUI, CPS got involved. I think there was... It might not have been that time. There was definitely a point in which endangering the welfare of a child was kicked around. I mean, I think that charge got dropped eventually, but like I'm pretty sure CPS, California's equivalent to CPS, whatever they call it, has kicked around in the Barr household. What's Barr's last name? Ashley's last name is Jones, except it's hard for me to remember her name is Jones because I think her social media handle is Ashley Siren. <laughs> 
So I always think her last name is Siren, but it's not. I'm 99% sure it's Jones. Is no, I was gonna say his bar's last name Riki because I but his full name is Bariki. That's his first name. I don't know what Bar's last name is, but in the Jones family household, um it CPS has been around because of Bar's drinking. And I don't know about you, but I feel like once CPS comes into your home, even if nothing ends up happening from it, um, you reevaluate some things unless they're there because of like a totally false allegation that makes no sense. Like if CPS has to come around because of your partner's drinking, like maybe don't go on wine tasting weekends with him. I really felt like I was taking crazy pills watching this because I'm like, why isn't anybody like putting this together? I don't know why Pastor T wasn't like, you're going to go wine tasting. Do you think that's a good idea? Like Barr shouldn't be drinking. The last thing he needs to do is go and get wine drunk. And yeah, I know when you go wine tasting, you're supposed to like spit it out or whatever, but everybody knows you just get shit faced when you go wine tasting. It just, Ashley has no sense. And that's the thing that bothers me the most about Ashley is that she walks around like she is truly the smartest person that's ever lived. Like Ashley thinks very highly of herself. I do. I think it might be a false ego thing, but she really acts like she is God's gift to life, to this earth. And I'm watching this and I'm like, why are you being such a dumb dumb? So that's it. Barr gets probation. He can't drive for a minute. The ankle monitor came off. He made a weird statement where he said the police ended up resolving everything in court. I'm like, the police? What is he talking about? Do you have a lawyer? <laughs> like, You mean his lawyer like got him a plea deal? Like what, what he was talking about made little sense to me. Um, it does seem to me like they should be continuing monitoring his drinking. So let's take a quick break and then we'll bop on over to somebody else. Let's talk about Kale next, um, who had a real dud. Here's the thing. I don't want Kale on the show anymore. <laughs> this is what her storyline is like. You know, having her gone last week was a real plus for me. And this is unbearably boring. Kale's storyline is that Isaac likes to write stories. We don't even get to hear Isaac's stories because they're personal and he doesn't want them on camera, which fair enough. You know, he's 11. He should be able to not share his short stories on camera. But that's the whole thing. Kale's doing a um, like a wallpapering collab. I'm, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but Chelsea also has one. It's like that that peel and stick wallpaper. You does, Is that what it's called? You can, I actually like looked into it at one point on Etsy and then realized I would have to like take everything down off my walls to put it up on the wall I wanted to put it on. And then I said, "Mm, I'm probably never going to do that. But basically it's just wallpaper that you peel and stick on, hence the name, as opposed to like the adhesive that you used to use for wallpaper. So she did a collab with them. Okay, sure. And she goes, I just like Isaac is really into designing his bathroom. So like, I think that Isaac should do a collab with the wallpaper. Okay. (laughs) Here's the deals. Like, I don't care about an 11 year old finding their passion. And that's a big problem with this show and probably a reason why I'm more drawn to the storylines that don't involve older kids. I know I just said Ashley was such a disappointment, but when Ashley's good, she's good. 
because Holly's a baby. Jade's daughter, Chloe, is a baby. Um, you know, it it just like I don't I don't care to see this. I don't care to see Isaac like developing his skill of writing. Like, great, but I don't care. Kale's like obsession is figuring out what Isaac's like hobby is. And because he likes indoor sports and they've all been canceled, which I understand to an extent like that you want to get your kid doing something besides playing video games when their extracurriculars are not taking place. Like, yeah, totally. I That totally makes sense to me. I get that. But like, I don't need to be convinced as an audience member as to what Isaac likes to do. <laughs> That's a private matter between Kale and Isaac. I don't need to know any of this. It doesn't add any value to the storyline. I mean, Isaac's a cute kid. He's a good kid. He's a nice kid. But like, he's not a storyline kid, right? Like not like, it sounds fucked up, but not like Leah Shirley is a storyline pusher because she'll get on camera and be like, yo, fuck Amber. Christina's my mom, which look, should we be seeing that? No, of course not. But as you guys know, we can't discuss ethics of teen mom. You can never discuss the ethics of teen mom. And so just from a pure viewer standpoint, I don't mind watching someone like Leah Shirley when she's talking cash shit on Amber. Like that's fun. That's enjoyable. That's what I like to see. Do I need to see Isaac drawing a solar system wallpaper to put in Lux's room? No, I I don't think that I need to see that. Um, I did like Kale being like, I have no idea why he likes writing. Kale has supposedly written four books, <laughs> including a fucking children's book that I'm pretty sure she credited as writing with Isaac. <laughs> it was called like, what is love? Love is bubblegum. Love is my blankie. Like things that kids like. Like, uh, of course, she does not write her own books, of course. But it's just funny that like she's having this whole talk about writing and she's not like, well, I love to write here's the thing, like, Kale's being fine in these episodes, right? Like, she's like, I think he likes it, but also he's 11, so who knows if it's a right now or a forever thing, but I want to encourage it. Yes, yes, yes. I just don't care. I don't want it on my screen. Like, let's bop on over to see what Javi and Lauren are fighting about. Like, I need them to give me something else. Just cut her from this fucking show and give me Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I don't need to see Kale doing this. It's really unbearable. I feel the same way with Leah in that her kids are just like, their lives are, here's what it is. Their kids' lives are too normal to be an entertaining reality TV show. Now, is that fair to a child like Leah Shirley? No. No, of course that's not fair. But it's the reality. It's also why like Aubrey was entertaining on TV, right? And that's why she was Chelsea's main storyline because like the stuff around Adam and the way that Aubrey reacted to that and the way that Aubrey would talk about him. Like that could be interesting. There's just nothing interesting about like hearing about the fact that Lincoln likes football and Lux likes soccer. And I hope Isaac likes to write. (laughs) That's literally what her entire episode was about. That's it. Another one I like, like Bentley, should he have been saying any of that stuff on TV that he said last season? No. But like, do I like watching a scene of Bentley calling up Mimi Jen and like telling her that he's going to come to the party and asking if his dad will be there? Yeah, that's what I like to see. (laughs) I like to see Bentley talking about his therapist on TV. That's so fucked up. 
I hear myself when I'm speaking, by the way. <laughs> I know I say go into a fugue state when I record this show, and I do, but I am listening to myself right now as I'm talking. I understand how un- this is like a truly unhinged mindset to have, but it's just the truth of Teen Mom, and it's something that we have to face as the Teen Mom audience as these kids grow up. It wasn't a big deal when they were like two or three, and the moms were still having crazy lives. Well, and that's also the fresher anything about Kale, right? It's like her life is crazy. The fact that they didn't fucking put on camera about Kale's arrest drives me up a goddamn wall. Up a goddamn wall. It's First of all, it's unfair because I feel like none of the other moms would be able to keep that off, right? Like, I really don't think that anybody else would have been allowed to keep that so private. Has I mean, the only other thing that I can think of that was like huge off-season news that they didn't include in the main show was the deer cam situation with Leah and Jeremy where... Jeremy's dad like caught Leah cheating on Jeremy with Robbie via a deer cam and like a lot of that stuff that was happening but for the most part as far as like major life altering moments go like those get included even if they're not necessarily included from that part like Kale could say like I refuse to talk about that all day long sure show me all day long Kale getting confronted by producers um, the way that they confront Sean and Jade, by the way, a production, Sean and uh, I'll get there, but at least like they lay it all out there. I feel like if I was a producer, I'd rather a person be screaming at me and be messy and knowing we're getting good content than have Kale just be like chilling at the house and we're all chilling together. Like I'm sure as far as like stress levels go, that's easier in a Kale situation. But as far as content wise goes, at least Sean and Jade deliver. Kale's not doing shit. Um, where did I go? I knew I hear I'm talking about it's fucked up that these kids are on these shows. It is. It is. But if we're having an honest conversation about our enjoyment of the show, then like, let's all be honest that watching Isaac do anything is boring because he's just like a good normal kid. Like if I want to hear about this, like I'll go next door and talk to my 11 year old neighbor and ask him what his hobbies are and let him describe Fortnite to me. <laughs> like. I don't I just do not care and that's that's the bottom line okay um speaking of let's go to Leah who I had question mark question mark question mark question mark about Leah in this episode I am confused Leah starts the episode by saying she needed office space closer to town so she has rented a townhouse with her friend and will be living there part-time what (laughs) I'm like, hold on. Hold, slow. Slow your roll. Because Leah doesn't have a fucking job. What does Leah need office space for? She doesn't do a podcast. Although I did see her. Uh, she was like answering Instagram comments the other day. And somebody was like, you should start a podcast. And she's like, I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, Leah, you had a podcast for like a full year. And like, what do you mean you've been like thinking about it? Like she's like, that would be like if I stopped doing feathers in my hair for like six months and someone messaged me and was like, you should start a podcast. And I'd be like, yeah, I was considering it. <laughs> By the way, speaking of podcasts, you should come subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. 
I put out a random chit chat episode for the weekend where I talked about Erica Girardi and that ABC special that they did on her and Tom. I talked about Tati Westbrook, her unhinged return to YouTube, uh, Gabby Hanna being an awful person. I talked about that on this little chit chat. My episode from last week was Super Nanny, which was really fun to dive into. I haven't like thought about Super Nanny in so long, so that was really fun to watch. And a lot of people told me that I should watch. There's a new version of Super Nanny airing on Lifetime in case you didn't know, and they said that I should watch it. So I think I probably will. This coming week, I am having Cara Berry on and we're going to discuss early Southern Charm, like season one of Southern Charm, which is I've been rewatching it. I forgot how fucking good it was. Southern Charm in the early seasons. Eh, by season two, it's probably dark. But like in season one, before Catherine has that baby, it is the perfect level of like slutty fun that's like not dark because there's no innocent children being like involved in the storyline. So I highly recommend if you have not watched Southern Charm in a long time, if you're like me, I totally gave up on Southern Charm year seasons ago. I have no interest in it. I don't even like listen to recaps of it really. Um, I don't know like what happened at all in the last season. I just am so uninterested in Southern Charm, but the early season is a fun rewatch. So patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Find the link in my Instagram bio. Thanks for listening to my ad. (laughs) I really do try not hard not to plug it too much into it because there's nothing I hate more as a listener of a podcast that when a a free version of a podcast I like just becomes an ad the entire time. It really it drives me up a wall. Anyway, where were we? Leah. Leah needs office space closer to town for her photo shoots. That's the the only content I have ever seen Leah put out in the last two years are those weird ass photo shoots she does. But they're not even sponsored by anybody. Like she doesn't even really have Instagram ads. So I am confused as to why Leah would need office space. I'm confused as to why she's renting it with a friend. Is her friend like is what happened that she is a friend who's a single mom that needed a place to live and Leah is just like paying for her to live there and is like we're gonna come sometimes how many bedrooms are there I mean it's uh, I get like most townhouses in my area have four bedrooms but like if Leah's there that woman Nicole her friend Nicole's son and the girls it's like a lot of people to be living in one town home it's also weird to live in two locations like that for Leah at least like I think that's weird especially for the twins who are already living 50% of their time somewhere else so it's even weirder that they'll be like with Jeremy half the time and then when they're Leah's they're splitting up their time there I'm just confused like if she wants to be closer to town I don't know why she doesn't just move into town like Leah's got money I'm sure she can afford to buy one of those townhouses also like not for nothing like a townhouse is not a good situation for Allie. The thing about townhouses is that they have a shit ton of stairs. That's why you can put so much stuff in them because they have oftentimes like three floors. At least like here, actually most of the townhouses in my area will have four floors because they have like a basement level, then your normal living room floor, then a second floor. And then often they have like a lofted third, like technically fourth floor, but what I would call third floor where there's like an office space or like a great room or a big bedroom. Like most of the townhouses around here have four floors and a shit ton of steps. 
So, like, why would you be in a house that has so many stairs when you have a daughter uh, with a physical disability in which walking is hard for her? That, to me, especially when you have a house that's a one-floor house with a wheelchair ramp that you specifically bought so that Allie could easily get around in the home. And, like, if you want to be closer to town, why don't you buy a house that accommodates Allie? Once again, I just like have all of these questions. I just feel like they're constantly making choices, Corey and Leah, that make things harder for Allie in a way that I don't understand. Once again, watching them put that wheelchair in and out of the car and what like a fucking mission that is. I cannot understand why they do not just buy a wheelchair car. Like there are options. So and I it looked like there were steps going up into that townhouse because I looked And I think there were steps going up into it. Like, and I didn't see a ramp. So I don't really get it. I mean, the girls seem excited to stay there, at least at this point. Um, Allie's excited because they'll be able to door dash. By the way, did anybody notice how beautiful Allie's hair looked in that scene? (laughs) I know this is very random, but I think because we don't see Allie on her own that often without Gracie, um, especially like in the things where they're so made up, like in all their photo shoots, Allie also always looks very young next to Grace, right? Excuse me, Aaliyah. Allie always looks young next to Aaliyah. I think I'm just still going to call her Grace on this podcast because Allie and Aaliyah are just too close of names. It, you know, it's just, I think Grace is much easier to, <laughs> to distinguish them. Um, but she always looks a lot younger than her sister. So, For whatever reason, like they were zoomed in on Allie's face and like she had like Carrie Bradshaw curls and her like she's starting to like mature in her face and she looked so cute. I was like, oh, my God, Allie's like becoming a teenager. Really cute. Um, But Allie's excited because they're going to be able to use uh, Postmates or DoorDash, I think she said, from the new house. (laughs) Because I guess where Leah lives, it's like too far out to get. Uh, delivery services, which makes sense. She probably lives pretty... F- I mean, if she has to get like an office space to be closer to town, whatever town means, I don't really know where they live. I just I just have questions, you know? Like, I have questions about what Leah does all day. <laughs> Leah's one that, like, I find Leah to be such an odd bird. Like, I know that Kale, like, runs around with a chicken, like a chicken with her head cut off all day, right? Like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But, like, once the girls go to school, I know they've been in, like, this pandemic year, but, like, let's say for next year when all of the kids are back in school, like, what does Leah do during the day? She doesn't strike me as somebody with a lot of hobbies or, like, a lot of things going on outside of the kids. And I'm not saying, like, stay-at-home moms don't do anything because, essentially, she's not a stay-at-home mom because she has a job. Her job is called being a star of Teen Mom 2. I saw a Reddit post last week that was like, how does Kale afford to buy a house? It's like, because she's, or to build a house. It's like, because she's the star of the television show that you have been watching for 11 years. <laughs> so I, I know what Leah's job is. It's Teen Mom. But like, for most of the time, she essentially functions as a stay-at-home mom, which is totally fine. But like, I don't, I'm just not sure what Leah specifically does all day. Because most of the stay-at-home moms I know 
do a bunch of projects. Once the kids are in school, they um, like will play tennis three times a week. And then in the afternoon, they go to their aerobics class. Like they fill their time up with shit, right? They're, they're doing things. They have hobbies. They meet friends all of the time. Like uh, most of the stay-at-home moms that I know and that like I didn't grow up with a stay-at-home mom, but a lot of my friends had stay-at-home moms growing up. And they did stuff during the day. They volunteered places, you know, like they... They filled their time. And I'm not sure what Leah does with her day because she, like I said, she doesn't seem to really be selling a ton of products on Instagram. And even if she was, look, as somebody that does ads for this podcast, they don't take a long time. <laughs> it's not a lot. There's, Leah absolutely has a manager. So she just has to like say yes or no if she's going to put Spawn up on her Instagram and take like an hour most to take some pictures for it and write a caption, which they most likely will write the caption for her. So I just am not, I'm not sure what Leah fills her time with. Like once all three girls are at school, what does she do during the day? Like, do you think she like puts on makeup? Like that's what she she like spends three hours doing her hair and makeup maybe. I don't think she exercises. Like she's never, I mean, maybe she does. Maybe she goes for a run and then stretches and does yoga class. Like who knows? All I want, by the way, in life is to be somebody that doesn't have to work so that I can go to like an 1130 a.m. yoga class on a weekday. (laughs) All of the workout classes I always want to do are at stay at home mom times and it sucks because I can't go to them. So, yeah, I'm not sure what goes on in Leah's life that she needs an office but I guess that's what she's doing now. Also, like who that Nicole person is, is that her business partner? <laughs> or is it just a friend that she's letting live there? Is that friend contributing any money to this townhouse? I have a lot of questions. Um, the main plot of this episode is that it's Addie's eighth birthday and Jeremy's not going to be able to make it home. He is working a 21 hour drive away and he doesn't want to fly because of the pandemic and blah, 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 blah. But he ends up surprising Addie. And Addie has this like huge reaction. She's sobbing. She jumps into his arms and not to be a cynical bitch. But I was like, I think she's performing for the camera. (laughs) I'm sure she was excited Jeremy was there, but the reaction was so over the top. And we know that Addie is such a ham. Her birthday party theme was rainbow, which was really cute. I saw a funny TikTok this week that... (laughs) They were like, it was like two uh, friends and they were out somewhere and they saw Jojo Siwa and somebody goes, oh, like what? They're like, what does she do? And what the girl goes, oh, she's like a birthday party girl. And the other person's like, what? And they're like, she like she goes to birthday parties. And he was like, I've been to 4,000 birthday parties and I'm not famous. She's like an entertainer. What are you talking about? And she's like, I don't know. She's just like a birthday party girl. And nothing has ever made more sense to me than Jojo Siwa's energy and like career being described as a birthday party girl because it's so accurate. But that's what I was thinking of when watching Addie's little birthday party. She asked for a football and a skateboard. Leah goes, tomboy. I don't think we're saying tomboy anymore. I don't I think we've moved I think we've moved past tomboy. I'm not shitting on Leah for that. Uh, look, lots of people our age probably still say tomboy, but I think in general we're like not we're not practicing gender that way in which we ascribe a girl wanting to do things like skateboard and play football as being a tomboy. 
But yeah, that's what Addie wants to do. Then Victoria made a post about Addie saying that she wants Addie to play football like she did. And I'm like, did Oreo play football? Like I that that is a question I want an answer to. By the way, I'm pretty sure that Victoria is still with her baby's father. He's still in Costa Rica. But as of like two weeks ago, she was still commenting on his shit. I checked the other day. I don't know if they're still trying to get him here. I don't know what the border situation is right now with COVID and the uh, visa status is with COVID. But it looks like they're still together. The baby that they have together is really fucking cute. Kai is his name, I think. He's big now. I mean, he's over a year old and he's a very cute baby. But yeah, so Addie got a skateboard, which is cute. Jeremy shows up. It's a surprise. They had the birthday party at the townhouse and it was fine. And, you know, Leah just like is sad when Jeremy's not there, which, yeah, I would be too. like, that's a that's a sad thing that Jeremy couldn't be there for her birthday. So I'm glad that he was able to show up. Um, I mean, the reality is, is that Jeremy has a job in which he works away and he won't be there for all of Addie's important stuff, which sucks. But, you know, that that's his job and that's how he supports Addie very well. Although I wonder if he's like phasing out of that. Well, I was going to say because he like owns that bar, but I would imagine he probably owns that bar with a bunch of other people and the oil fields are still his main source of income. Okay, let's talk about Brie, who comes home from Miami. She's in the beginning of Jade's scene. So I'll just talk about that when I talk about Jade. But she comes home from Miami and basically Bree's whole thing is that Lewis had texted her and asked if he could see Stella. She said yes. So they go to a park, the whole fam, to wait and like hang out and see if Lewis wants to come. Of course, he does not text her. This this little outing they have at a park is very weird. I thought they were like going to a kid's park to like let the kids play. But they like went to have a picnic <laughs> They're like eating hoagies. They brought a dog. They brought both their dogs and they brought a crate for one of the dogs. This was obviously a thing like MTV is filming us today and they want us to do something. Should we have a picnic in the park? Like Nobody else was there except their family. Like they didn't even have any like Shirley didn't even pop over. You know, like it was just a very weird scene. Um, Lewis, of course, blows her off like twice in this episode. Brittany is like, isn't it so weird that like Lewis is a father and Stella has a sister out there? (laughs) It's like, yeah, that is weird. I forgot about that, too. Then they have this conversation about how they're going to get Lewis's parental rights terminated. And to that, I say, huh? What are you talking about? First of all, like, it's hard. I mean, they could get I, I mean, I'm sure they could theoretically get his parental rights terminated because he has seen his daughter like seven times in her entire life. But I don't understand why they would do that. Like, what does Brie gain from getting Lewis's parental rights terminated? As of now, they don't have any sort of custody arrangement they don't have any sort of child support arrangement although if she got his rights terminated it wouldn't terminate his um his what's it called his child support like it's very hard to get a court to agree to terminate parental rights and responsibility like financial responsibilities for a child but there it's definitely more common to have 
parental rights terminated, but the parent that gets their rights terminated is still on the hook for financial support. Um, so I like I just I'm not sure because Lewis is like never kicked up that he wants even shared custody. He's never been like, well, I want to take the baby away. Like he really I I just don't really understand why Brie would spend the money to do that. She already has all of the control. I mean, I I guess there's an argument that at some point in the future she could um like Lewis could pop up and like create problems, but I don't really see that happening and I don't I guess I just don't understand like what benefit Bree would get by like spending money to talk to a lawyer and to get Lewis's rights terminated or like what the point of that would be unless like well I think she broke up with that hobby guy that she was engaged to by the way but like the only way that I can see that making sense personally would be if she gets into a very serious relationship and gets married or if not married but gets a long-term partner that parents Stella and wants to adopt her like Unless that happens, I don't really see why they would do that. It's just a weird conversation because you know that they like never go to court. First of all, anytime Brie talks about court, I'm like, I don't care. You're not going to court. You've never been to court. You're never going to court. You have no reason to go to court. None. You will never go. You don't even when you have a reason to go to court, you just don't go. So why are we pretending like you're gonna go? She said, I'm giving Lewis two Saturdays in a row. And if he blows me off both Saturdays, which this Saturday he did, if he blows me off both weekends, I'm gonna go to court. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> the standards that Bree sets are so confusing to me. Devoin is still seeing Nova um, every Saturday, by the way, but we didn't see him in this episode. Did we see him in last episode either? No, because Brie was in Miami that whole time, right? And we didn't get a... Did we pop back in to see Devoin? I can't remember. If she's going to court with anyone, it should be with him, not with Lewis. Lewis isn't around. Devoin's the one that's around and, like, there are issues. Lewis is just some man that exists. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And Roxanne was like, yep, we have to get his rights terminated. <laughs> there is a funny moment where uh, Brittany says, you know, Potato needs to stop saying something and start keeping his word. <laughs> she called him Potato. That made me laugh. Oh, also, they had all of these conversations in front of Stella, which Stella is now big enough that they should not be doing that. Stella is four this summer. I think Stella's birthday is in July of 2017. So I think she turns four this summer. I've heard videos of her speaking. She speaks very well and very clearly. So I would imagine that she's repeating things that they're saying and they just don't need to be talking about her dad like that in front of her. She's she's big now. And I mean, I know it's not going to change because they talk about Devoin like that in front of Nova, but it would really benefit Stella if they stopped doing that. But yeah, Brittany calling Lewis a potato was funny. Brittany was really in her A game this episode. I feel like we haven't gotten that much of Brittany recently. So I like I like when Brittany's around. I mean, she's a great side character. She's a really good side character. Um. Oh, also, they were like horrified by what happened in Miami. <laughs> Roxanne's eyes were like bugged out of her head as Brianna was explaining it. All right. Speaking of Miami, let's head down south and let's visit Jade, who nice. What the fuck? First of all, I saw a TikTok recently. How many times can I say that in an episode? I saw a TikTok. 
the one nice thing about the internet is that it's like now more I mean I've always been on this podcast open about this but it's more acceptable to be like an internet person and to see things online because I used to always have to lie about like where I was getting information from because I was like so active in live journal communities and like all of my friends were well not all my friends but I had a bunch of online friends and I would have to be like so vague about like where I saw something or how I heard it (laughs) where now I can be like well yeah I saw on TikTok or I saw on Instagram makes life a lot easier but I saw a TikTok that was somebody flying home from getting a BBL and they were like face like sitting on their knees (laughs) facing the back of the seat and I was like oh my god yeah how do these people that fly to get like full body plastic surgery how do they get home is Brie gonna get on a plane not Brie Jade is Jade gonna get on a plane I have questions. If you have answers about like how women that fly internationally or down to Miami and then have to fly home, like how long do they stay and what is the plane ride back like? Jade is, I guys, I just don't feel bad for her in this episode. I That's not true. I feel bad because I'm a human that has a lot of empathy, right? I feel bad for her. I have empathy for Jade. I don't have any sympathy for Jade. I guess that is what I'm saying. I have empathy for the situation that she's in because she didn't ask for those people to be her parents. But at the same time, Jade is getting older and she like repeatedly is fucking up her life by relying on her parents. She's that Eric Andre meme where he like shoots uh, Hannibal, Hannibal Burrs. And then he's like, how could they do that to me? that that's a really bad explanation of the mean but basically jade is the queen of putting herself in shitty situations and then turning around and being like why is this shitty situation happening (laughs) every time it's like you you need to learn that i just don't get why i would feel bad for jade when this is about the 87th time that we've watched this scene or a similar scene play out So the episode picks up. Um, They're talking to the paramedics. The paramedics, they're basically explaining what happened. Like she's in a ton of pain. They prescribe medicine and her mom has just like disappeared. And so she doesn't know what to do. The paramedics is like, well, you're going to have to call the police because you've been prescribed that. So now like if you want to and if she basically being like this is a police matter because somebody stole your pills And if you have your like heavily scheduled narcotics stolen, you can't just like go and refill them. Um, Usually you have to like file a police report because they don't want people just being like, oh, I lost my script. I need to go get more. Um, So the paramedics are kind of like, here's the deal. Like we can take you and they're going to give you medicine, but then you're just going to like be back in this situation. So like this, like you need to deal with this situation. Basically either like Chrissy needs to come home or you need to call the police. I knew that Jade, I mean, even if Chrissy hadn't popped up, like they would not be calling the police that I don't think that's an option for Jade, especially at this point in her life. Like she is clearly so deep in Chrissy's shit, right? The fact that Chrissy and Corey are even there, that's Chrissy's husband's name, which I can never remember. The idea of his name being Corey is very silly to me. Something very silly about him being named Corey. But, you know, like she's clearly deep in it because she has let them come on this 
vacation that's not a vacation. So they're talking and the paramedics are basically like, well, you need to get the medicine. And then Christy rolls up and she's like, why is an ambulance here? And then she just like limp. She's limping and limps inside. And the producer's like, are you okay?" And she's like, no. And then Christy's like, she needs Zofran. And then she goes, she needs Zofran and a Percocet. So I guess we're to believe that the medicine ended up there. Guys, we get no other explanation. I was so annoyed. I was like, they're not going to tell us what happened. I guess what happened is what happened, that they couldn't get it filled and they are idiots that are unresponsive and were not doing a good job communicating the fact that they couldn't get it filled and what exactly was happening. It was such a weird moment. I thought at least they would have Sean like come out and give a little interview or like give us a shot on the screen that said Chrissy brought like Chrissy got the prescription filled and all of the pills were there. Like, how do you make that the centerpiece of the previous episode, a subject that's so serious and then just like blow right past it in the next one? So MTV, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed for that. I should have at least gotten a screen with some text on it explaining what happened. But, you know, Chrissy's there. Basically, she has her Percocet. So the paramedics leave and are, they're like, well, you, you know, you can handle it from here. Jade from now on, like, just does not want the cameras inside. She is fighting with her mom. Bree is still there and she's just sitting outside talking to the producer going, yeah, I think I'm just going to um stay outside here because what's going on in the house is none of my concern, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, the producer isn't sure. Oh, the producer's like, well, I'm not really sure what Sean would have done if you weren't here. And Bree is like, yeah, you can tell Bree is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. So it's three days post-op and Sean is out talking to the producers. Basically, the cameras are like not in the house at all in this episode, which I personally am totally fine with. Um, Jade is like, clearly going through a serious medical event and I think it's totally fucking reasonable to not want to be filmed during it especially uh, you know like I get I think even in the best case scenario you wouldn't want to be filmed looking the way that you did because we get a peep of her in this episode and it's kind of terrifying but when you're in agony and panicking I think it's fine to not want cameras in there so she's basically saying like no cameras inside and Jade comes out and basically says that she is in agony. She can't extend her arms. He's like, I didn't think it would be this bad. Yeah, I I really think that nobody really understood the seriousness of the surgery. I think that they see, you know, girls like Brie, the Kardashians, whatever. Kale, like getting these BBLs and getting these liposuctions and they look bad. But like, I think it's just one of those things that you can never truly understand until you're in this situation would be my guess. Because even watching this, I'm like, is it that bad? And it's like, yeah, it probably is that bad. Also, like Jade is a drama queen. Jade is, (laughs) Jade has major weak bitch vibes, right? Like I, that's a mean ass thing to say, but like, I think that Jade has a very low tolerance for adverse adversity. Does that is that the right word there? I don't know if that's the right word there. But I think like as soon as things go bad, Jade starts to panic. That doesn't make her weak. I take that back. That's a mean thing to say. I think Jade has some mental health issues that make it really hard for her 
to deal with any very serious situations. And she goes immediately into panic mode. I mean, she talks about it all the time. She has a panic disorder. Is she doing anything for this panic disorder? I don't know. Is she seeing a therapist on top of taking meds? I don't know. Is she taking regular medicine or does she just take Xanax? I don't know. I don't have answers to these questions. Um, But what I do know is that I think when she gets in these situations, she panics and it makes everything way worse, which is something that I can relate to because I am kind of like that in a lot of ways. I know I have asthma and it doesn't bother me that often and I rarely have asthma attacks only like once every couple of years now in my adult life. But when I do, I flip out because they scare me so badly that I start to panic. Like as soon as I can feel it coming on, because I know what it feels like, I start to like get really nervous and my heart starts racing and I just start to panic. And then the more I panic, the less I can breathe. And the less I can breathe, the worse it makes the asthma attack. And it's just, it it's so scary. I really hate it. Actually, the last one I had, I was very calm with and I was in Florida and I did my, it was actually on election day, 2016. I guess I haven't had an asthma attack in quite a long time, but I did my inhaler like the night before in that morning. I was like, I kind of feel weird. And then I went into work and I was like, oh my God, I, this inhaler isn't working. So I went home and like did my nebulizer that didn't help. So I just like drove myself to the hospital and was like, I'm having an asthma attack and I'm flipped out. And I was like, I can't, I can't calm down. Like I know it's making it worse. Um, it, and I, like, I can't catch my breath. I guess I was calm because I wasn't in like full blown asthma attack. I just like could tell it was coming on and I could tell I was making it worse by panicking. And I was panicking because the nebulizer didn't make me feel better. Like I still felt like I couldn't really catch my breath. So it makes the situation like significantly worse. Every time this happens to me, whoever's around me is like, calm down, calm down. It's making it worse, which makes me more stressed out. (laughs) But it's really hard, right? It's really scary. And I think that Jade is like that. I think that's what Jade is experiencing here, which of course is making her recovery harder because her heart is racing. She's having these panic issues. Uh, Like, does she not have Xanax? Like, (laughs) look, should you mix Percocet and Xanax? Probably not. Would I? Yeah, of course. I'm a drug addict. I mix all drugs. I'm a big believer in mixing drugs. (laughs) Should you mix drugs? Probably not. But I mean, I'm not the person to ask. I used to take Adderall and Xanax at the same time when I would go out drinking. So (laughs) why you ask? Because the Xanax would keep me up so I could keep drinking or excuse me, the Adderall would put me up so I could be drinking. So I would take the Adderall and then I would start drinking and then I would want to be even more fucked up. So that's when I would take the Xanax and I would smoke weed with that too. But weed like didn't count. I smoked weed. I did everything with weed. So like I'm not the person to ask if you can take a Xanax and a Percocet together because I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Like even seven years sober, I'm like, yeah, take them both, dummy, like and take double the amount. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like that is truly how my brain operates. Like I can't take two Advil. I can it. It is impossible for me to take two Advil. I have to take at least three Advil, if not four, because that's not a real dose to like whatever the dose is, is not real in my brain. I need double. (laughs) It's fucked up. But that really is why, like, how I know I'm a drug addict is that really, I feel that way with a lot of things. Like, the whatever the recommended 
thing that I need is, it's not going to be sufficient for me. Um, So if I was taking care of Jade, I would also have her on Xanax so that she would shut the fuck up and calm down. Um, You know, even bringing Sean with her, I think, was a really terrible idea. Like I said, I think Sean should have stayed home with Chloe and Jade should have brought her friend Kelsey, who's there, and she actually seems decent um I don't know if we've like met her before she should have brought like her friend Kelsey and then hired a home health nurse for a couple of days maybe even brought two friends but Sean is not good under pressure he's not a caring or nurturing person and also like he is Chloe's dad and watches Chloe and can watch Chloe for like stretches of time so why wouldn't they just leave Chloe and Sean in Indiana I mean I guess I get it like she's having a major major surgery and she wants her boyfriend there I can understand that but I just can't understand the way that they did any of this trip it wasn't good for anybody it did nobody was helped in this so Jade or excuse me Sean is flipping out to the producers basically saying you know her parents aren't acting like parents aka they never act like parents Sean says they're not doing a goddamn thing they haven't lifted a finger they're supposed to be watching Chloe they're not watching Chloe and he's like Jade is so upset she doesn't understand how a mother can behave like this and I'm like really she can't she can't because hasn't her mom been behaving like this her entire fucking life that's what confuses me. Like, I can understand wanting to have a different parent. I actually think the scene in Orange is the New Black, where I think it's in season one, if not season two, but I think season, it has to be season one, because I remember when uh, season one came out in 2013, because I was in rehab when season two came out. <laughs> and I remember talking about this with somebody pre-rehab. I use rehab as like a marker for time for a lot of things in my life. But it makes sense, right? I made a significant change, not just getting sober, but I moved to Florida like when I got sober. So if it's like pre-Florida, it's pre-me being sober um, or pre-me going to rehab. But I remember one of the techs at rehab telling me that Orange is the New Black season two had come out. And I was like, fuck. I want to watch that. And we had TVs there, but we didn't have, um, at this rehab I was at, we had TVs in our, the second rehab I went to in Florida, the place in Florida, um, what they did, they had rented or bought out a townhome community. It was, a community is a strong word for it. Basically, there were four houses and then like a little courtyard and then four like house, like town, townhomes, like a row of four townhomes. So basically there were eight townhomes and then like a little courtyard in between them and like it was gated in and then about a hundred yards away was the office where like we did IOP or excuse me we did groups every day Um, and we actually had to take the van back and forth even though it was literally a two minute walk because they used to walk there and then people started like running away on the walks which by the way, it's like you're allowed to re- leave rehab anytime you want, but I guess it became a liability issue. There's also a house next door that they bought that had a pool, and the pool wasn't open yet when I was there, and I was pissed about that. I was really pissed because it was working. They just We couldn't use it. That was bullshit, and I was told that there was a pool before I went there. But in the townhomes, we had TVs, and we could watch them whenever we wanted, like as long as we weren't supposed to like we were never at the townhomes when we were supposed to be in groups because we would like leave at 9 a.m or whatever go there until 12 come back for lunch go at one come back at three 
So as long as we were like at the houses, we could watch TV. But this was 2014, so we just didn't have streaming stuff yet. Um, it was a World Cup year. I remember watching the World Cup there, and that was very fun. And I would imagine now they probably all can all watch Netflix and shit. But we couldn't do that. And I was really upset that Orange is the New Black is not out. I'm so fucking off topic. Oh, my God. What I was saying is that there's a scene in Orange is the New Black where Nikki wakes up from a heart surgery and her mom is being such a bitch. And she basically says, like, you know, I really wanted a mom here, but I didn't want you here. Basically being like, I want to have a mom that's a mom, not you. And I think that is what Jade is constantly experiencing. And I understand the trauma of that. And I understand continuously reaching out and trying to fix that and like hoping for it. And I get that like she probably needs to go to therapy to work on this. But at the same time, it's like, girl, it's it. I mean, it's like when somebody's in an abusive relationship and it's like I have so much empathy for you, but like there's nothing that I can do to help you because nothing will change unless you leave this person and you're not leaving this person and like I love you so much but like I cannot do anything for you now like that's how I feel watching Jade and her mom although I don't love Jade (laughs) but it's like nothing can be done to fix Jade's life until Jade decides she wants to change her relationship with her parents so they go to the doctor (laughs) Oh my God, this is crazy. So they go to the doctor. Oh no, wait, that's not crazy yet. But they go to the doctor and her friend Kelsey's talking to producer, basically being like the doctor said she's healing pretty well. They had to do a massage to massage out the fluid in her body. Oh God. And the producer's like, so how is it with like Sean and Christy? And Kelsey basically says it's a constant battle all day long. She says that Christy won't watch Chloe. So Chloe is screaming at the top of her lungs all day long. Jade doesn't want Chloe to see her or Sean. So she's all stressed because she's like, don't let the baby come over here. But is the baby okay? Which once again is why you don't bring your two-year-old to your major surgery recovery. Like, yeah, of course this was going to happen because your mom's a lazy piece of shit. And every time you invite your mom over to watch Chloe, she doesn't do it. How many? It's a true fool me once situation. So she's having her second post-op appointment and in the voiceover, (laughs) Jade lets us know that tension in the house is really high. So Sean is really stressed up, stressed out. They pull up to the parking garage and Sean is pissed. Like he is sitting in the car with his head on the steering wheel, just like angry. He gets out of the car and he starts screaming like as he like the producer goes to open his door and Sean like jumps out at her essentially you actually see security come up and like push Sean back like that's how aggressive he's being he's like get those fucking cameras off of me get them off of me this is bullshit he's like you think I'm joking bro he's like he at one point he says you you think I would look like this if I knew the cameras were up which I thought was a very weird and funny remark because he looked fine like his hair looked messy but like he's on team mom they all look like shit all the time like what are you talking about like (laughs) Sean looks like shit a lot of the time that was surprising me to hear him say that so he's just like screaming and screaming he's like this isn't cool I guess he was told that cameras wouldn't be there and that's why he was upset and I can understand he was upset in that situation right like I I get that 
um, you don't talk to people that way no matter what, right? Like I said, I'm sure production was thrilled because it was some good fucking footage watching John flip like that. But it's so inappropriate to talk to that people that way. It does not matter if tensions are high. What you do when you get there is you roll down the window and you say, hey, I thought we agreed that you wouldn't be here. I need you guys to leave. You can't. We are not filming this. It's too much. And I get it. It is too much. Like Jade... I also think that they shouldn't have let MTV come. I'm assuming they had to let MTV come because she probably got a discount on her surgery for being on TV. But like MTV should not have been there. And Jade, once again, and Sean should have known that MTV isn't there because they don't do well in stressful situations when the cameras are up. It makes everything way worse for them. They've learned this multiple times already. So why they're even letting MTV film all of this in the first place? I know I'm saying this out loud, but I know the answers because MTV paid for the trip. Like I get it, but in actuality, like they should not have had the cameras anywhere on this trip documenting this because Filming really stresses uh, Sean and Jade out, I've noticed. And like when they're in tense situations, they're the first ones to be like, put the cameras away, put the cameras down. I can't do this. I can't do this. Maybe we just don't see the other moms doing this and they edit it out. But like we see it often with Jade. And as soon as she starts to flip out, she like needs the cameras off of her. So why she would let them film this incredibly intense procedure is beyond me. So Jade is slowly like trying to walk inside. I'm going to post pictures of like this whole scene. I took like a bunch of screen caps because it was just so wild. Jade is like waddling in. Her whole body is like wrapped in ace bandages. Sean is still screaming. He's like, <laughs> he, Jade starts screaming, stop, Sean, stop, stop. And Sean is like, this is fucking dog shit. And he says, whatever I say goes. And it's like, well, I don't think that's true. Basically, he's trying to like assert his dominance over MTV. And it's like, well, first of all, I think it's whatever Jade says it goes. (laughs) I get it. He was like really upset with MTV being there, but it was just so awful how he was acting. And poor Jade is just screaming, Sean, stop. (laughs) It was that very funny, honestly. It was a really funny scene. Just like watching her in these ace bandages, like waddling inside. Here's the deal. Would it have been funny? The scene wouldn't have been funny if she wasn't recovering from a BBL and 360 light belt. Like a totally, totally unnecessary uh, elective procedure. If she had like a real medical issue and was getting surgery, I think I would have felt a lot worse for her in this scene. And I'm not shaming her for getting plastic surgery. If you want to get a BBL and 360 light belt, like good for you. Go do that, girl. But like, I'm not going to sit here and act like you. I just don't have the same empathy that I would for somebody in a situation that they're not there by choice. Like she chose to put herself, her body through this. She wanted to look a certain way and she chose to do this extremely painful procedure in in order for her body to look that way. Now, We could have a very long conversation on why she wants to look that way and what it must feel like to be a fat woman on TV, even though Jade was mid-size at best, right? Like Jade was probably size 12 or size 14. Actually, I remember her saying she was like a size 9 and people flipped out and were like, no fucking way. Nothing makes anybody on Reddit, on Teen Mom Reddit, angrier than when these girls say what size they are. (laughs) 
it it triggers people so badly I think because they look on the TV and think somebody looks fat and then they hear that person say they wear a smaller size than them and so they're like well if I called that person fat then I'm fat but I'm not fat so she has to be a liar it's so fucked up but also I want to remind you that like sizes mean fucking nothing (laughs) first of all a size nine Jade's in fucking juniors clothes (laughs) I haven't worn an odd number size since I was like 17 and stopped shopping in the Boscov's junior section. Like, a, remember 579, the show? Like, <laughs> or the store, not the show, 579. And Wet Seal might have had junior sizes too. Like, when I heard her say a size nine, I was like, okay, like, buy some adult pants, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, like, I wear, I can fit into a medium sometimes in Old Navy. Guys, I'm not a medium, I'm fat. <laughs> I'm like an XL or an XXL, but like old Navy vanity size is so big. So like you have to size way down. It doesn't mean anything for me to be like, I bought a medium in this shirt doesn't fucking mean anything because it's from old Navy. And if it was from a different store, it'd probably be an XL. Like it's all, it's all bullshit, right? Sizes at every store are different. It all means nothing. It's all bullshit. So when people get triggered by hearing somebody else's size, it's just very stupid. But what was I saying? Oh, so there's a million reasons why it's probably hard for Jade to have the body that she had and be on television, have people calling her a fat bitch all of the time, an ugly bitch. Like, I cannot imagine being under that pressure. And I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing if I was in her position. Like, I understand why women get these surgeries and put themselves through this pain. Like, I get it. I get why she did it. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my, I cannot believe you're going through that. You poor baby. When like you made a choice, even if that choice wasn't made in a vacuum and she had a lot of influences on her when she made that choice, she still made the choice. So it's just like, yeah, this is what happens when you get a Brazilian butt lift and 360 lipo. You're fucked up. Okay, so the next day, um, the producers show up. Jade had called them. She doesn't want cameras on, but she calls the producers to tell her there was a fight. So Sean and Corey, Jade's dad, got into a physical fight. Again, this is not the first time they've been in a fight, right? Didn't they get in a fight a couple seasons ago? It wasn't on camera either. Where are the cameras when Sean and Corey are fist fighting? Like, what are we doing here? How have there been two times that we have missed a physical fight? That's bullshit. Fight on camera, don't fight on fight at all, as far as I'm concerned. So Christy comes out to talk to a producer, and she's telling the producer what happened. She's like, who puts their hands on their girlfriend's dad? Like, how could you be so fucking disrespectful and... The producer's like, oh, so like he did put his hands on Corey and Chris. <laughs> Honestly, Chrissy's fucking funny. I'm sorry. I know she's a terrible person, but she's funny because she goes, she goes, oh, yeah, he put his hands on him. He goes, she goes, but it was mutual combat. <laughs> Basically, what Chrissy says happens, she was walking out the door and the debit card fell out of her purse and hit Chloe. And so Chloe said, you hit me, Grammy or whatever they call her. And Chrissy's like, what? No, I didn't. And then she's like, and then Sean starts yelling, why'd you hit my daughter? And then Sean starts starting to fight someone. So Corey's like, all right, let's fight. And then I guess Jade is jumping out of the bed, screaming on the top of her lungs, calling the producers, so upset, so scared. She hurt herself, of course, because she jumped out of bed to deal with this. 
yeah, that's what happens when people are physically fighting when you're trying to recover from a major surgery. And the producer's like, I think she was just like really scared. And Christy's like, yeah, she should be scared. <laughs> it's so weird how Christy is talking about this because she sounds so detached from the situation. She's like, yo, this is crazy. Like, can you believe this happened? <laughs> like she wasn't directly part of it. So Christy's like, you know, Jade is calling me a worthless mom. I don't understand how she can even say that. She's like, how can she say that I'm a worthless mom when we've been down here stuck in that room with Chloe? It's not like we're on vacation. We haven't come down here and partied. We haven't done anything. All we've been doing is watching this, sitting in this room with Chloe. And it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But are you even doing that? Because Sean says they're not doing that. But because of I'm sure they work because they sleep all day and we know they sleep all day because it's a topic of conversation every other episode. Christy's like, I just like I can't wait to get home. Um, She's like, but I'm really worried about just Sean being here with Jade. And I'm like, huh, how long is Jade staying in Florida? I it, like is Chloe going to say is it going to be just Sean, Jade and Chloe and maybe her friend Kelsey? Like I've got I've got major questions about this. So. Then Sean comes out to talk to producer and Sean's like, I'm fine. He's like, Corey can hurt me if he tried. I'm much bigger than him. It's whatever. He's like, I hit him a couple times. It wasn't great. According to Sean, what happens is the timer goes off for the medicine. So he went to go give Jade her medicine. And then when he was going to check on Chloe, Chloe runs up to him and is like, Mima threw something, threw this at me or like Mima hit me. And Sean is like that. It's interesting to hear Sean talk about this because he's like, that isn't what happened, but it's what Chloe said. And I instantly got triggered. I thought it was good that Sean could recognize that like that wasn't what happened. He's like, she didn't do it on purpose. Like, I know that now, but I was so triggered hearing my child say that like she was hit by my grandma. Wouldn't you be upset by that? Um, We've talked in the past about how I think Uh, Sean might have some major family issues himself that just aren't on this show. And hearing him say triggered like that leads me to believe that that's probably true. Sean says like he's like this is causing Jade issues. He said it made her heartbeat go up and she got hurt. And then I love this. He goes well you know when toxic people are around toxic shit happens. (laughs) Yeah toxic shit happens. Very astute observation. You're correct, Sean. So why do you let toxic people come around? Um, then, you know, Christy is yelling for Sean. What I wrote? Oh, Chloe's yelling for Sean. And he's like, oh, oh, OK, sorry, sorry. I was very confused by my notes. Chloe's yelling for Sean and a producer comes out and is like, Chloe, Sean is yelling for you and we can come in and she'll talk to us about cameras. And I was like, what? But what they're saying is like, you need to go check on Chloe. Producer, come in. We're going to talk to Jade. Jade will talk to us. So they go in the room and Jade is sobbing. She's like, is my kid okay? Is my kid okay? And they're like, yeah, she's fine. Jade says this has been a fucking nightmare. She says she's not eating. She's not sleeping. Her recovery is going so badly because of the fact she said, I just felt like my mom would be more supportive and it's just the opposite. And to that I say, why did you think that? Why did you think that your mom would be more supportive? Has there ever been a time in your life? Like, are we just missing all of these super supportive times? Like, it would make sense to me if we, if it was like very up and down. Like, um, Deborah, like Deborah, Deborah Danielson, Ferris mom. 
or even Michael, her dad, I would say like are a good example of people that will show up occasionally and be really helpful and great. And then occasionally will be assholes and abusive and terrible. And you never really know which one that you're going to get. That makes sense to me. When have we ever seen Chrissy be helpful? Is she just like super helpful off camera and we just don't see it? Because I'm confused by Jade even saying like, I thought she would be supportive. Why? Why did you think that? Why? That's it for this week. Um, I'm definitely curious to see where this Jade storyline goes. You know, Jade, I just like, thank you. We all owe Jade and Sean a thank you for caring and Christy and Corey. Corey never really talks on camera, but Christy, Sean and Jade are carrying the show. And without them, I don't even know what we would be watching. So with that, I hope everyone has a nice week. Come join my Patreon. Hear me and Kara talk about Southern Charm and what a fucking mess that show is. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.